0: To get started visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss. Now stop beating your gums
1: and sound the attack.
0: Oh, right, hello, 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 and welcome back everyone to another episode of the We Got the Chocolates podcast. Uh, we are back after Christmas. This is in fact episode 29 it will be. Uh, and what an exciting episode, Sam. That's probably all we obviously do have has we have Mitch. Welcome guys and happy new year to you both. Thanks, Lee. Cheers. All, thanks. You're most welcome. Um, and how's, that's probably all I really need to say, because uh, this is an interview that I think you will probably take the reins on in terms of your leadership role. That's obviously been something you've aspired to do <laughs> ever since your Queensland under-19 days. So uh, we're going to let, uh, let you take the reins here, mate. Who are we speaking to? Who are we fortunate enough to have with us here?
1: Yeah, today we have the privilege of uh, talking to an athlete who is involved in one of my favorite sports, and uh, no, that's not cricket or rugby league, if that's what first came to mind. Uh, it's, he is actually a two-time world champion longboard surfer. I actually the... thought
0: of Finsker straight away. but
1: uh, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, Easy mistake to make, though. <laughs> <Carry> um, <on. laughs> he won the World Longboard Tour uh, back in 2009 and 2014, uh, and the man I'm speaking about is none other than Harley Ingleby. Harley, have we got you. How are you?
2: Yeah, guys. Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: Awesome. Great to have you on. And I've uh, got Mitch here as well um, and Lee. So, yeah, think, uh, Sorry, yeah. Harley.
0: I'm Lee. Uh, this will be my voice, which sounds very similar to Mitch's. You're fine, and this is him speaking <laughs> now. Yep, yep, this is me. How are you going, mate? <laughs>
1: No, no worries. Uh, now, I was speaking to you to the, the other day, uh, Harley, and uh, you suggested probably not talking too much about cricket on the podcast, despite the fact that all three of us are cricketers, <laughs> um, because you haven't been following it too closely of late, which, of course, is totally fine. And um, similarly to that point, I wanted to apologize in advance for the other two guys who you'll be talking to, Lee and Mitch, because oh, uh, they, really, they really have no idea about competitive surfing. So, Has. Ah, yeah. so
0: I was going to try and fake it. Yeah, tell it. Tell me how you really think <laughs> No, that's, that's probably yeah. fair. Sorry, Harley, that is fair to say. Uh, in the interest of, yes, being completely honest and full disclosure, uh, surfing is not my area of expertise, but I'm intrigued as. I'm absolutely fascinated to find out more about it, especially because um, I sort of thought that surfing was surfing, but then I'm reading a lot of sort of longboard, shortboard type of operations, so I'm very intrigued to find out more. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm in a similar boat. I know absolutely nothing, but I've I've tried to do a little a little bit of homework here. Um and yeah, so I've I've had a read about you online Harley and found obviously that you've won the longboard world titles in 2009 and 2014, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, so it was um yeah, it feels like a while ago now, but um <laughs>
2: yeah, especially the 2009 one, but
3: yeah, you're right.
2: yeah, yeah, definitely was a dream come true and um yeah, something I've obviously spent my whole life dedicated to and was very very fortunate to have been able to achieve it for sure
0: yeah no I can imagine that's 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 unreal um and I just wanted to ask like obviously well well not obviously because I don't know but has spoken to me about it um that those two two wins were sort of off the back of, of two strong performances in in two events in each of those years uh where you got first place and then second place in another event um, but yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm pretty rattled about sort of the structure of, of the longboard event. I know a little bit more about shortboards, but not much. I was hoping you could explain sort of how it works and, and how it changes over the years and stuff.
2: Yeah, so historically, it's always kind of mirrored the way the shortboard tour works for the most part, where we have a QS or used to have a QS series where, um, you know, you obviously had to finish in the top whatever amount and then that would get you a chance to surf on the CT the next year and whether you know it was one, two or three events, um, obviously a lot less events than the, the Shorewood Tour. But um, yeah, you'd sort of get the top 36 odd guys at the, the, the CT level events and yeah, off you'd go, have a good crack. And um, yeah, the first one I won, it was two events, one in Japan and the final event was in the Maldives. Okay. And then actually the second time in 2014, it was just a one event. World Tour event in China, Hainan. Okay, right.
0: Thanks, Has. Must have got <laughs> something wrong it. when I was looking. <laughs> but
1: yeah, because when I was looking on the on the World uh, Surf League website, they have like ten international longboard events on there with different yeah. results, but there's only a couple of them actually count each year towards the World Tour. So.
2: Yeah. So now they've actually changed the structure a little bit. They've sort of gone our tour, the longboard tour, is a bit more like the QS there they have six thousands and 10,000, So they're actually counting. Two of the six thousand points events, and then there's if you're in the top seeds after all of the six thousands, they take the top yeah thirty six odd surfers, and you get a crack at the ten thousand. Then it was an accumulation of the the six thousands and the ten thousand um, was the world champ this year. So that's that's actually the first time this year was the first time they have really accumulated all that. Um, but yeah, the website is quite confusing. They show all the events as LTs, as in longboard tour events, but really. In years past, it's only been the, the certain events that have actually been the championship tour event.
3: So well, if
2: you um, don't know what the website is, it is quite confusing. <laughs> yeah. sure.
1: Well, yeah. I'm glad you're all over it because you're the one that needs to be. We don't really have to be, but being the competitor, you, yeah. uh, you need to be, so that's good. And um, yeah. when you when you won your first world title in 2009, you described it as the best day of your life and went on to say that you've been so close to winning in the past and felt like you could win a title, but you'd seen so many great mm. surfers Win titles or not win titles, sorry, and and we're wary that you know the opportunity could slip. Um, and now that makes a lot, yep. of, a lot of sense because you know in surfing, it's not always an even playing field. Sometimes it comes down to the ocean and what it throws Neither. up. Sometimes you have to hope that the best wave comes when you've got the priority in the heat. Um, however, you know over an eleven event world tour in a range of conditions like the shortboard tour, you assume the best mm-hmm. surfer will come out on top because you know the luck will even out over that many events. But when it comes down to one or two or three events, um, and like your longboarding, it does an increased chance you might get knocked out early just because the ocean doesn't really treat you well on the day you know how does that situation play out in your mind in in such an environment
2: yeah I mean that's yeah you're absolutely right about that and um yeah I guess I don't know back in 2009 when I when I did win like the the previous year uh, I won the first event of the tour um, that year and then obviously went in leading and ended up just falling short and that sort of really lit lit the fire and and set that scene for me for 2009 because I ended up winning the first event in 2009 as well and I was like oh crap I'm in the exact same boat I'm not I don't really I really didn't want to blow it you know and I'd had a couple of really good sort of top three and five results in the years before that as well so I knew I was sort of knocking on the door of it but I don't know I guess you kind of got to get to a point with your you know I'm sure it's probably not that dissimilar in any professional sport but with certain people, but you kind of got to let go of, you know, you obviously just got to try your best and, you know, do everything you can to maximize your opportunities and increase your you know, chances of doing well. But I think if you're too hard on yourself, like I've seen a lot of people that are been well and truly good enough to win world titles and probably should have world titles, but they, because there's so many people around them telling them that and they believe it and they fall short, they, you just see the pressure build on them and they just, it's almost like they just, yeah, you know, they can't let go of it and they just, you know, yeah. crumble unfortunately. So yeah. I don't know if it's um I I was always obviously quite competitive, but like I w I don't think I was growing up I wasn't super duper competitive by nature. It was something that sort of grew in me as the longer I did it and I've always been pretty easy on myself with my losses. I don't I've never really taken it taken it too seriously and beat myself up about it. So um yeah, I think that kind of worked in my advantage in in some ways. I you know so it of was always pretty relaxed, even even when you know sort of the pressure was on. I guess.
3: Yeah,
0: you're right. Harley, I've uh, I've got two things to uh, to say at this stage. Uh, number one, was that the longest question you've ever received? The one I asked you Oh, I was thinking about that. that. Just <laughs> that, kept going. Right? That question had 16 parts. That was a great. Answer. We needed a subcategory. Uh, and, then, and secondly, secondly, Harley, uh, you obviously talked there about sort of not being too hard on yourself with your with your losses. I'm interested in uh, in your wins, obviously, because we've I've probably mostly come from a, a team sport background. Uh, yeah, but when yeah. Do you uh, and we actually are going to ask you a couple of questions about sort of about some t- team surfing events, I guess as well. But
3: yeah, um, yeah. But it's when do you?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but when you're yep. sort of a an individual and you've say you've okay. won that 2009 event, do you sort of give yourself a 10 year reunion in 2019? Were you to, <laughs> <laughs> do you have a little oh, celebration? Yeah. I d-
2: I didn't think of doing that to be honest. But i <laughs> i the board the uh the board model I was riding is still one of the um the main boards I still ride and compete on and i'm selling um through Thunderbolt Technologies and my favourite Billy Toller. So I was kind of thinking about doing something, some kind of special edition one for that board model, the HIHP, but I never, I, I didn't do it. 2009 been, been and gone, it went so quick. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> so we missed it. You
0: missed it now, you got to do an 11 year reunion. Uh, yeah, totally, <laughs> totally, all good. Well, it's actually interesting that you talk about your boards because uh, that, that was actually the way that like has originally got Talking to you, I think wasn't it? Harley? Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually that person that rode on one of your old boards. I wouldn't say that I rode it well. Probably ride, <laughs> even is a stretch to be honest. Wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, I paddled on it. Fell off of it. Fell off of it.
1: <laughs> Created a few dings. <laughs> oh, no, I <it> didn't.
0: And and you just you just mentioned your uh, Billy Tolhurst, who I, I understand. Uh, shapes a lot of your boards from what Haz has told me I just I wanted to ask about that relationship if you like you ride almost exclusively his boards and, and how how is that how important is that in, in your surfing I guess like how what is it just sort of something that you like about his boards in particular or
2: yeah I mean he's from Coffs Harbour so and he is you know an absolute world class shaper um, and, and an exceptional surfer in his day um, he was always just sort of a one man show. He never really tried to you know, have a big factory of a bunch of guys working for him and stuff. So he never, you know, and he wasn't a big travel, big traveling kind of guy, but he was just such a good guy to have in your backyard and just right. so like full of knowledge and obviously make boards that work insane in our local area. Um, and yeah, I've, I've ridden his boards for over 20 years now. So just got a really close relationship with him and just, yeah, I mean, I have tried other boards, and honestly, every time I do, I just just go. I just know my my Billy's go better. So I, I kind of almost have given up a little bit on on other boards for the minute while he's still, while he's still passionate about it, and um, yeah, well, I can work so closely with him, just because yeah, there's just been so much history of boards between us, and I can just say the little of things, and he just he just totally gets it, and he's he's you know, good enough, obviously yeah. with the with the planer to make it happen. So it's, um, yeah, it's been, I've been very fortunate. I think it's one of the things that's helped me in my career. I've always had very solid equipment under my feet and I've never had to question that ever. So okay. it's, um, yeah, just taking out one of the X factors that can sort of play on some competitive surfers' minds for sure.
0: And just to dig slightly deeper there, Harley, do you you actually get like quite particular about things that you might want to ask like surfboard makers to actually get for you? Like again, sort of coming from our background of cricket equipment, I guess, has can testify to the fact that like one bat, one particular specifications of one bat might actually feel quite good and you might want to keep getting that one remade. Is that sort of, is that something that you would find yourself asking as well?
2: Yeah, I mean, now that I mean, Bill and I worked, like, obviously, we got so you know, so far with our shapes and everything, and we were really sort of got to the point where all we were focusing on there for a little while was just trying to, yeah, like, recreate the magic boards. Yeah. And it wasn't really to do with his shaping, we knew that was good, and I didn't have to think about that, it was more just trying to get consistency of blanks and stringers and and all that sort of stuff because more often than not, it's, you know, getting that magic one blank or whatever, you know, makes as much difference, you know, once you have your shapes pretty perfect. So when we came to, uh, you know, a guy, Yu Sumitomo approached us um, from Thunderbolt Technologies and he really, came to us with a vision of like, he just wanted me to design boards with him from, from a flex and feel perspective. So it was kind of, for me, it was like the perfect evolution. So like the next thing I wanted to sink my teeth into and really be able to push, um, getting that consistency of boards and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, um, it's,
1: yeah, probably the same as our cricket bats. We can have a, a bat shape that we love and it feels good in our hands, but if the wood's not good and uh, doesn't yeah. come, the ball doesn't come <laughs> off the bat well, then it's a pretty useless bat. Yeah. Um, and you give
0: that one away pretty quick.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll palm that off to someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, if that exactly if, I, if, if that agreement with uh, with Tollhurst boards does ever fall through, I'd like to re- recommend another brand, uh, oh, for yes. you, which, <laughs> which I've recently uh, linked up with and I, I promote with a sticker on the back of my cricket bat, and that is No Talk surfboards. So, right,
3: <laughs> check well that out if you want I did, I did
0: say that. That's very <laughs> cool. there, w- there would not be an episode without Has getting that in Harley, <laughs> so it just had to find <laughs> the link there, uh, and not only does he put the stickers on his own cricket bats he actually puts them on everyone else's that he can find <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I've uh, I'm, I'm, I saw the Notox boards years and
2: years ago over in France it's a few of my mates are riding them actually and um, yeah I think what they're doing you
0: know making stuff environmentally friendly and stuff is uh, very cool yeah no that's very true good as much as we do take the piss out of your house about it, that's, yeah, yeah. that is a very good thing.
1: <laughs> and I do love them, but, but, I, but I have to love them, don't I? But they are they're good. Um, and, and I know probably no one out there listening uh, really cares, but I have to throw in that I've actually spent 10 days staying at and surfing past the point in the Maldives when I was younger. Um, oh. And so I've got a lot of good memories there as well. Maybe not quite as significant as yours with uh, winning a world title there. Uh, but uh, have you been back since? Have you surfed there again?
2: Yeah, I I've been back once. Um, I didn't stay at Pastor Point. Um but we're in the same area and we're just surfing across the channel at uh at Sultan's. But yeah, it's um it's a beautiful place. It's you know, as you know, it's 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 world class. It's not too it's not like, you know, some of the crazy reefs in, in Indonesia or anything. It's a bit more user friendly, but you know, the quality of the wave is insane and
0: it's, um yeah, I highly recommend a holiday over there if you can ever get there. It's just, it's <laughs> That's nice. definitely on the bucket list, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. They'll go back. Yeah. Sultan's is that right hander just across A, isn't it? The, it's, it's the right yeah, hand. Mirror.
0: Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. It's the one straight across the channel. Yeah, yep.
1: did, did have a surf there, but mostly it passed the point. Actually, for, for a uh, natural footer like myself, uh, it's interesting to spend more time in the left hand of it. My dad was a goofy, so he loved the, loved the left hand. <laughs>
2: nice. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, yeah yeah I don't know I've always I've never favoured backhand or forehand you know, just whichever way the waves were better I'll, I'll head that way <laughs> it's, um, and right. the, uh, just fortunately both times I was there was for an event and um, obviously when we had the, the event at Passes, it was all on the left and the way the winds were it was it was better for the left the whole time we were there and which was great obviously and then the second time I went it was like Passers was on shore the whole time and Sultans was good so I was, I was sort of lucked <laughs> out that. um yeah, We got to
0: surf the better side each time, so it was cool. Yeah, right. I, I just, I just want to say I wish I had some idea of what was going on with that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, if you actually are listening to this podcast and you don't know surfing, you would think that we've talked about eight different sports there. Yeah, right. I was worried about <laughs> was some tennis. So I was worried about my tennis back here. Yeah, that's, <laughs> right. yeah, that's unbelievable. Um, and Harley, we, I did allude to this obviously before, but, um, but we do think about, I guess, uh, yeah, Stereotypically, think about surfing as sort of an individual sport, but obviously, uh, you've surfed events like the World Surfing Games um, where you have actually surfed for Australia in a team event. What, what is that like? And talk us through that.
2: Yeah, it's incredible. Um, and I think this year, with um, you know, surfing being in the Olympics, that's all sort of been a bit of the brainchild for the guys who are behind the ISA World Surfing Games. So it's, um, yeah, it's really, really cool. But yeah, it's. I mean, I played team sports growing up, you know, sort of my whole whole youth. And, um, you know, to do that in surfing was, you know, quite a rare thing and super amazing. there. some of my favourite competitive memories and favourite travel memories as a whole was, you know, travelling to Team Australia. And um, in the early years, I actually used to have, you know, a few bodyboarders, a bunch of shortboarders and a couple of longboarders all together. And, you know, the team was quite large and... You now do we have coaches and Kairos and, you know, all all the you know, crew with us and um yeah, you know, just it was way more pressure. I'd never you know, like I was saying before, i never really took my losses too seriously and you know, obviously just try your best now, but when you got sort of ten or fifteen people on the beach waving the flag, cheering you on, you're just like, Oh my god, this is like <laughs> this is, I'm not I'm not doing this for me at the moment. This is yeah, uh, this cool is this right. is full on and it's um yeah, it was, you know, all in a good way, obviously, and just, yeah, it's really, yeah, it was a really special event, and, um, yeah, it's a bit of a bummer. They, they've sort of separated it all now. They just have a longboard ISA, a shortboard ISA, and I think they still do the bodyboard stuff, but they're all separate. So yeah, okay. you still get the team atmosphere, but it's a lot smaller team nowadays um, and stuff, but, uh, yeah, I was, I was, yeah,
0: yeah. No, it's true that um that sort of pressure that you talked about there as well. That's like that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I guess in like when you are surfing or, mm. or any individual sport, uh, you sort of obviously the the wins are rewarding and stuff. But I guess the losses sort of you've only let yourself down. Whereas when it becomes a team event, yeah. then you actually like sort of you got more on the line because you are letting <laughs> other people down as well. I guess. Yeah, definitely. It's um yeah, I don't know. I've, luckily,
2: I always sort of did pretty well at the ISAs. I think I podiumed every time I went so um I didn't feel like I let the team down ever I think I was too I think I was too too, too scared to but it was I don't know it's always one of those things too when you're the when you see someone else that you know unfortunately bomb out you know I was I mean I know personally I never ever sort of went oh god they lost you know and like sort of had any ill feelings they always just sort of take the impression that you know Hopefully that other people, if you do have a shocker, don't sort yeah. of yeah exactly don't send you those vibes afterwards. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's it's all good. I think everyone's pretty supportive the most part, so it's good. Yeah, as long as as long as you weren't a you know a goose about it and you you clearly gave it your best. Yeah, you know, I think that's mm. all people can really expect.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. Um, and and Harley, you I believe you grew up in on in Coffs Harbour, I believe, has is that? Yeah, yeah, it, just
2: north it? of yeah, yep, yeah, yep, Emerald that? Beach.
0: Yeah, right. So that's that's obviously a pretty pretty lovely part of the world, and you're still living there at the moment.
2: Yeah, yep, yeah, I've, um, I've never strayed far, I've I moved all of 100 metres from the house I grew up in. <laughs> <pretty
3: much. laughs> yeah, it's, it's a place, yeah, it's no, a lovely
1: place, I, I'd love to move there one day and I've spoken cool. about it plenty of times. Yeah, you, are, I, you? you want to retire to go there? <laughs> <laughs> once I finish playing cricket, I might join the Coffs Harbour cricket team or something, but we'll, we'll, we'll never know, yeah. see if it happens, but it's uh, it's the nice Coffs
0: Harbour longboard crew by the way. Yeah, that too,
1: yep, Yeah. That's, but yeah, it's nice to dream, so hopefully one day I'll be down there, we'll see how we go.
0: Yeah, well man, yeah, good stuff. our, our, our involvement with uh, Coffs Harbour is uh, not as surfing related. We actually go down there every March, myself and Mitch, and we play in the, uh, the Nationals Touch football down there. Hally, you'd probably see like an influx of people come <laughs> in around the end of March. That's generally us. That's when we come and have, uh, they have it at the Coffs Harbour Stadium there.
2: Yeah, the town definitely swells up when that's in town. For <laughs> yeah, sure.
3: That's right.
2: I, uh, I used to make the most of it and uh, Airbnb my house out, and that was one of the target weekends, for sure. <laughs> yeah, <that's
0: laughs> we probably stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. We probably yeah. donated some yeah. money through Airbnb. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my, uh, my,
1: my father and I actually dropped into your dad's place there many years ago now, I think, and uh, had a quick tour of the house, and, and he has got oh, a cool. v- very impressive surfboard collection, One of one of which many would only imagine in their wildest dreams how many surfboards would you say he has there
2: um i believe there's over 100 boards in the house oh, and then wow. there's all kinds of other stuff buried underneath the house as well that's yet to be restored or just no room no room for it at this point but uh wow. yeah no he's got a very extensive collection of boards <laughs> and they sort of range from the sort of 1930s through to pretty like obviously modern stuff so yeah he's got a collection for sure is this your
0: is this your family like with the family house where you grew up harley that he's got all these boards in
2: yeah yeah so it's uh it's an a-frame house of exposed rafters and he's just basically filled every gap between every (laughs) rafter with boards (laughs) hanging hanging from fishing line and um yeah i I mean i just i obviously yeah growing up there and surfboards literally look like they make up the ceiling it's um (laughs) That is a that, leap. Yeah.
0: That's unreal. I'm blown away walking into Haz's house seeing his dad's collection. I don't, mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's that many downstairs. No, I, think is a, there? I think we've
1: got about 40 or so all up. Most <laughs> of them are just stacked away in the garage. But, yeah,
0: uh, no. yeah, right. yeah, yeah, do you, do, Were any of them actually like, because this is what I always ask Haz about the buns in his house as well, do, do you ride any of them or are they strictly off limits, those ones, collector's items only? Mm,
2: no, dad's pretty good like that. I, I can typically, I mean, obviously if they're sealed up and they're not leaking um or whatever. But yeah, now I ride them from time to time. Um, sort of in my teens, I went through a big phase of being super into riding all the old boards and just sort of just you know, just sort of discovering it all and stuff and it's it's really cool to see there's a big resurgence of people riding wanting to ride old equipment at the moment. There's been a lot of bonds and twin fins and just yeah, super obscure stuff and it's um, yeah, I mean it's all stuff I did a long, long time ago, and it's um, yeah, it's, it's really cool. It's uh, it definitely open. I think it's sort of just being around that surfboard design and having that sort of background has made me. It's helped my surfing um, and just you know, my relationship with Billy Tollers. Just having a true understanding of, of the boards and how they work and sort of where they came from and what works, what works where and when, and just sort of really being able to make the most of um, make the most of just even just surfing on a fun level. I think a lot of my mates when we were young were probably as good a surfers as me, but yeah. because I had more of a quiver at my disposal and whatever, I just it didn't matter how bad the waves were or how whatever, it was always something new and interesting and I've always just surfed heaps more than most people, I think. Yeah. And it was just I think a lot of it's to do with that having that quiver.
0: Yeah, but that's, All those old boards It's not the worst quiver Being able to walk into the house And have a hundred weapons To choose from <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> Yeah
3: totally
1: I was uh, I was going to ask about the fact That you're always surfing Different boards And not just switching From eight foot to nine foot But all the way down mm. To six foot And anything in between Because I've spoken to surfers And, and they say If you want to get really good You need consistency You need to surf the same board Over and over But you've got extremely good In, in any conditions Riding any type of boards So what do you think About that sort of thought
2: there? Yeah I mean I think I mean, it's probably different, I guess, for the full-blown CT shoreboarders. But, I mean, I've literally done that my whole life. And I know for myself, if I ride like the same 6O by 19 round square thruster for more than a month, I, my surfing just gets stale and I feel like I'm getting bored and my surfing goes backwards. So I think, you know, just riding different equipment, for me, it just keeps it fresh and fun and you really... I think from a fundamental po- point, it's sort of being able to adapt to the different lengths of rail or thicknesses and stuff like that. You are really, you're not working. I guess your muscle memory for things is sort of wider. So I don't know. I, for me, it works. I don't. I, I can't say it would absolutely work for everyone, but I think that if a lot of short borders gave it a bit more time to learn how to ride a longer rail board, I think they'd probably be pretty surprised at how much it would sort of improve their strength and technique and, just sort of make your timing even better when you come back to the shortboard because everything's so electric and loose you just have you feel like you got all the time in the world so
1: yeah I, I, um, do, I agree because when I go when I've been surfing a shortboard for a while I start struggling to turn it then i surf a longboard and go back to the shortboard yeah. and it seems so easy yeah. to turn like it, my turns are so sharp and easy to, easy to ride so yeah, that
0: totally happens to me too <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah no it's um I, yeah I think a lot of guys um should play around with that I mean it's. Uh, um, I, I don't know what it is with you guys with your cricket bats but I'm sure is there different weights and things with many guys yeah. bats or is it all pretty standard
0: no there definitely is different weights as well like I, I went through a phase where because I'm quite small and couldn't hit them as far as everyone else I started trying to use real heavy bats to see if that would help um, yeah. it actually just ended up making me late on the ball all the time but still yeah, it was yeah, worth yeah. experimenting with um, but then when you do go back to using a light about it feels again like same sort of thing it just feels amazingly easy to swing it so um, I does think anyone
2: definitely... does anyone kind of train a little bit with a slightly heavier, and then when they go in, obviously, just get their eye back in, but then go to a slightly lighter one again? So it does feel that.
0: Uh, yeah, they actually yeah. do. Like uh, that's a real common thing. Well, there's actually a brand yeah, okay. now that's bringing out like that's a specific training tool for cricket. Is like uh, heavy bats, and yeah. and I remember Shane Watson always used to talk about like how he'd have a different bat for Twenty Twenty and a different bat for One Day. It's like he'd have a slightly heavier bat in shorter formats, and his Test bat would be totally different again. So, yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yeah, wrong. yeah uh, cool.
2: Yeah, no, I can see I definitely would you know, draw the same parallel to yeah. the board. No, definitely
0: yeah um harley i guess this question probably uh fits quite well there so obviously you were on sort of a surfboard from a very young age as we've as we've heard about and and certainly surfing ones of all shapes and sizes um so at what stage did you sort of i guess decide to commit to sort of competing in the longboard arena as opposed to sort of probably the more uh you know mainstream and more televised sort of shortboard comps what was the what was the decision making there could you like would you obviously be fine with surfing a shortboard as well I assume you still do so would you go or ride in the shortboard competition
2: um I was doing it was sort of in my late teens or early 20s my first finished high school uh, late teens early 20s and I was competing on both and I was doing pretty well on both I was definitely doing a little better on the longboards mm. um just because it was more accessible to get to bigger events um where there was sort of yeah, the best guys in the world who are the current world champs with that the New Festival of surf, which was a QS at the time, and the malfunction at the Gold Coast and stuff like that. So, you were able, I was able to sort of be surfing that event with the world's best um, from a pretty young age and straight off the bat kind of thing. Whereas shortboarding, it's so such a big, more tears and um, so far removed. It was, yeah, obviously I didn't know how I was going to stack up to to that sort of level and it's obviously, and I never had any big sponsors that were, uh, you know, going to fund me to, you know, really grind it out and have a crack at the QS or anything like that. But to be honest, the decision making was more based around because I had that experience of meeting the guys who I looked up to and were the best in the world and they were my idols and from the you know the first time i ever met them all they were always so inclusive and just the biggest legends and you know sort of like oh you know come with us like travel with me on the next trip or you know come to the pub like just hang out and it was just a big fun crew of good blokes pretty much and it seemed like that didn't matter where they were from anywhere in the world it was sort of pretty common thread and to me that was like like i said earlier i wasn't that Necessarily super competitive about it at the time, and it was just I just saw it as a means of like, oh, these guys inspire me to to do that and you know travel, and it was just a heap of fun. So it was not really a conscious decision from a performance standpoint necessarily. It was just a yeah, there's, this is not going to cost me a million dollars to get after, and it's going to be a lot of fun with a bunch of guys that I looked up to. So it was sort of a it was just an organic thing, and it was yeah an absolute no brainer at the time, and yeah. Yeah, no regrets, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Is it, is it fair to say that, like, the obviously shortboard comps would be far more saturated than the obviously longboard comps? Like, Is that is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, there's definitely a lot more shortboards. Like, there was um, – I'm not sure how, how many events there are, like, with all the Junior Series events and stuff now, and then obviously the QSs, that's where – there's probably a multiple QSs on any weekend – of the year in, in somewhere in the world like it's just it's it's incredible and, and you know it's such a big bloody mission to start <laughs> with the one 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 and three stars and build a seat up to get a look in at the six thousands and hopefully get a bite at the ten thousands to
3: yeah,
2: yeah, hopefully do well enough to make the ct one day it's like it's a big slog i mean there's guys that have done it in a year or two but they're like a rare case and usually a a phenomenal talent with a big company behind him. You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's. I mean, uh, yeah, all those, you know, a couple of it's Aussies this year just absolutely just turned up to Hawaii and mm-hmm. crushed it in the big the big events this year, and sort of went from being really not low in the rankings, but definitely they weren't really in the qualification discussion until Hawaii, and they, <laughs> all of a sudden there's a bunch of new guys on, so it was really really rad to see the Aussie step up
3: mm-hmm. there
2: on the shortboard bill this year, which will, should make it good doing
0: for us for this coming CT year, watching the shortboard, for sure. Yeah, well, Sam will definitely keep us up to date with that. <laughs> week in, week out, <laughs> that's for sure. And he'll <laughs> cut me short as well. But no, no yeah. not after this interview, has I'm, <laughs> in, I'm in. Um, Harley, am I, am I right in saying that you actually uh, that you finished fifth in, in 2018, but actually didn't compete in the uh, 2019 World Tour? Is that correct?
3: Yeah,
2: that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, last year I decided to have a year off. It was for a whole bunch of reasons, but first and foremost, it was I knew uh, I just had a little baby girl about 15 weeks ago. Oh, congratulations. weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, And she was due right between two of the events that were back to back. So it was sort of, a, I knew there was no chance I was going to want to be anywhere that here at that time of year. And that yeah. was pretty much taking me out of the equation to have a good crack at the title. So I just went, you know what, and just not even gonna up. but also unfortunately the WSL, was sort of like I said, they changed that structure to more of a a QS 10,000 structure, which I don't I think, you know, longboarding deserves to have a proper C T structure like the short boards, even if it is less events. But mm-hmm. you know, there's just um I don't know. It's just gonna. It's just gotten really expensive. There's more events, which is cool, um, in the longboard this year. Obviously with the four events, adding to the world title, but just with a lot less money and yeah. and all that. I, I'm just, you know, obviously fortunate that I've, I've won won my world titles and I've done it for sort of good fifteen years. And uh, I don't know. Yeah, just for me, it's yeah you know, different different goalposts now with a, with a little one
0: yeah right and um obviously congratulations on the on the baby girl i wanted to ask how how early can you can you get an infant on a surfboard 15 that, weeks is that on a <laughs> longboard. and <laughs> long she got a, a good like first birthday present coming up <laughs> nice, yeah. nice yeah, tour i think, first
2: well, I, think uh, I think dad's already starting to eye off building her aboard he might me my first board and he's pretty keen to make her first as well so which is really cool I think it'll be sort of a little replica of the board he made me too, which is which what is age, nice.
0: What age? Um, what age were you, Harley, when you got that board?
2: I was I was four. Dad made me that. Um, made me a board when I was four. But I reckon pretty likely I'll have Isla out there before that. Should I'd be say. earlier, earlier than Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, I'm not going to be pushy about it. Like it's you know, totally up to her. And if she enjoys yeah. the ocean and is not scared by it, then absolutely, it's it's um yeah. It's, totally individual. I've got a surf school here with one of my mates, the Salt Trail and Surf School. And, you know, we've had, you know, kids that are barely four come in and do lessons and they absolutely love it. And then you'll get a nine-year-old that's petrified, you know. So it's just, it's really down to the kid and, you know, and all that. But you know, yeah. hopefully Isla's going to grow up in, in and around the ocean and I'm going to get her into swimming lessons super soon. And all that. So I'd say she's, she's already showing signs of being an absolute water baby. So (laughs) pretty, pretty confident she'll, she'll be into it.
0: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And yeah, just when you mentioned about, about not being too pushy about it, it always reminds me of my – I had this chemistry teacher back in <laughs> high school who, who was like having a baby at the time and would always talk about getting his kids into, into golf and tennis just because they were the, the highest-paying <laughs> sports. And he, th- he thought if he got them in there early enough that they'd, they'd have to go on and be professionals by the time they were <laughs> <up>, So <laughs> No,
2: you you got to have a love for it. There's no <laughs> doubt. It's, it's, um, um, yeah. Yeah, fair. You guys know. Yeah, that's right.
0: <laughs> uh, Harley, you talked about your, uh, your surf school there and uh, having some nine-year-olds that are petrified. Have you ever had a 29-year-old that's petrified? <laughs> <laughs> because you may get one if we come down
3: to Colton.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be great to take your surfing. It's, um, it's, yeah, it's,
2: it's, it's always fun teaching people to surf. I've actually just been really busy with the boards and, and all that. and um, I haven't been doing a heap of coaching myself the last sort of year or two but um yeah it's it's yeah something i've always enjoyed doing it's um it's yeah especially with the grommets, the kids you know when you see them get their first wave and the genuine just stoked you know that you know they're hooked kind of thing and it's um it's really cool to be a part that and and stuff but um yeah lots of adult lessons as well and yeah it's it's all fun.
0: So it's not too late to start mate, you reckon?
2: No, no, no. We had one year I think a while ago we had years back, we had a lady who was I think in a seventies start Holy Moses. <laughs> yeah, and she was she was I mean, she was pretty special, like obviously, um, very fit, seventy something year old and into yoga and all that. So she was yeah. she was good to go. But I, I still see her out there surfing by herself now, so it's incredible to like you know, see someone learn so late, and now is just a a genuine surfer out there by themselves doing it. It's um, yeah. There's, there's no excuse, boys. That's for sure. No. Nah, <laughs>
0: well, you've definitely convinced me. To be honest, if the seventy-year-old <laughs> can do it and be good at it, then I just can't sit here and watch life <laughs> pass me by.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. If anyone yeah, out there, anyone out there needs a surf school, mm-hmm. then Solitary Island Surf Schools, you're one. <laughs> there, down, down there yeah. There with Harley. Yeah, <laughs> Um, but we uh, we've been watching some of your Instagram videos as research as well for the. This an podcast, unbelievable so.
0: Instagram profile. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is. and uh,
1: it's 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 awesome to see. And I, I love all the different um, the technology you use to to film those that footage. But I reckon, mean, I yeah. definitely think that if you uh, had the chance to go back on the world tour and compete in any more events, you'd you'd give it a good crack because you're, you're still uh, still at your best. I reckon.
2: Yeah. Cheers. I definitely don't feel like my best surfing. Behind me, although I don't, I don't attack the airs as much as I used to. <laughs> I right. get a bit scared of the old, the old knees and ankles don't hold up like they used to. But, but uh, thankfully, thankfully, in the longboard circuit, it's uh, they don't want the, you go anywhere near the air, so
3: it's all good.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, right, and yeah, just just on your your Instagram profile, I've, I've sort of had, had a bit of a scroll, and yeah, the content you're pumping out is is unreal. I wanted to ask about sort of your, your partnership with uh, GoPro and. Like, like some of these videos you've got, have you got like an invisible stick or something? Like what's going on here? What's some of the technology that they're giving you?
2: Yeah, no, it's, that's just straight out of the box stuff that they're doing. Yeah. It's, um, that's the, the new VR camera, the new Max. And before it was the Fusion. Okay. Um, but yeah, basically because it's a 360 camera and there's a lens on each side, there's obviously a stitch line um, down the seam of the camera. And if, you put the pole in that stitch line. There's sort of a thirty centimetre, or about a twelve inch gap, um, where it can't see. So if you make the pole the right length and yeah, hold it, hold it there. It, it looks like it's attached to nothing, and it's just floating behind you or in your hand. It's um,
3: okay, right? Definitely,
2: definitely makes for some pretty. Cool angles and good viewing, and people definitely trip out on yeah. trip yeah. out on that, and it always in their head. I like get weird comments, yeah, uh, no, direct cool. messages about it all the
0: time. Yeah. Harley, I've just got, got to, uh, i am just got to ask, uh, and you obviously don't have to be specific here, but is it does that count as a day's work for you? That stuff <laughs> that, you, that you're doing, like is that? Uh, hey, oh, sorry guys, i have got to work today, and you're out there pumping out videos of <laughs> <laughs> you surfing. I can, I can honestly say it does. Oh, <laughs> it that does that's count as a day's work. <laughs> that is unbelievable. <laughs> um, you always hear that expression, find something you're good at and get people to pay you to do it. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. is seriously impressive. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, no, awesome. it's uh,
2: very, very lucky to have ended up in that situation with, with GoPro. They're an yeah. amazing company and a bunch of legendary people in behind the scenes. And um, yeah, I was just, I just happened to be working for the, the third-party distribution company that brought GoPro to Australia, like sort of, mm. I, don't know, I guess, almost ten years ago, and yeah, just nailed a shot that ended up on a cover of a mag, and it was the first cover ever shot by a GoPro, and that got landed me on the team, and yeah, the rest is history. I'm just very right place, right time, and very glad I got into it. I always, I sort of was super into photography and stuff, and um, mm. so yeah, it was yeah, just yeah, luck, right. a no. bit of luck, and a bit of yeah
0: <laughs> yeah no that's awesome um and has it has it been a bit of a challenge sort of sort of learning that i mean i know from my few experiences surfing i find it hard enough at the best of times let alone sort of holding a sticker yeah <laughs> <out. laughs> is that sort yeah, of, a bit was, of a learning curve
2: yeah it was for sure like when i very first started especially trying to like frame up and keep the i mean the cameras are so incredible now with the built-in stabilization mm. um but in the early days it didn't have that so you know really trying to make the clips good and holding this, you know, a locked off steady arm and pointed perfectly at your feet as you're walking up the board. It definitely has its challenges when there's a lot going on, as you can imagine. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like anything, the more you do it, the easier it gets. And I don't even think about it. Now I, I almost get to the point now I feel like if I take the GoPro pole out, it's almost a good distraction when I'm nose riding. It sort of makes me not think about the wave and you kind of just, go with it and it all goes a bit more on feel rather than overthinking stuff so yeah i, I don't know yeah it's just one of those things any, anything becomes a reflex once you've done it enough
3: making
1: me think i should have wished for a few of these things at christmas yeah. <laughs> um, I, saw,
2: <laughs> I saw some uh,
1: footage you put up a while back uh, surfing in the pinnacles in the teller islands so i actually surfed there a few yeah. years ago and one of the most picturesque places i've ever been but i, I couldn't believe you were Surfing it on a on a longboard and making it look easy, I, I struggled to keep up with it and, and, and surf it well enough on a shortboard.
2: Yeah, no, the tello's is incredible. It's uh, yeah, a few of my friends were uh, sort of owners and running camps up there for a while, and um, yeah, I was fortunate to sort of sneak up there if the swells yeah, sort of two or three times. And oh man, definitely some of the best ways I've ever surfed in my life have been up in the up at the tellos. and um, yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I mean, a lot of people don't think of longboards working good in sort of big, bigger waves or hollow waves, but it can be a benefit as long as they're not like um, there's not too many steps in the wave or it's bending around too hard. There's enough sort of room. It's, it's actually easier on the longboard, I find. But yeah, again, it's yeah, it's what you're used to and what you get comfortable doing
3: yep
0: um and harley just be, because of obviously your uh, your instagram profile and the fact that you have some people to keep happy do you have to find that you are uh, continue to keep looking to be innovative are you uh, are you always looking for little different maneuvers and stuff that you can try and produce to show people or you just uh
2: um, no i mean i've never sort of thought about it from my audience's perspective but i've always been sort of of that mind where i wanted to myself and just create new angles and, um, you know, capture different moments. So I guess that's sort of just the, the creative side in me, I guess, it comes out. Um, I don't really have, I was never that, didn't have too many creative outlets other than surfing, I guess, yeah. growing up. Like, I mean, I always had every opportunity to, but I just never really found it until I was older. And um, yeah, obviously just self-teaching myself how to edit video and that sort of whole Pathway and stuff. It's, yeah, I, I quite enjoy it. I, I, it's one of those things that you, I sort of always put it off. But once you start, you just can't stop. It's sort Excellent. of one of those things. And, um, yeah, it's it's something I do enjoy. Oh, sure.
0: That's class. And uh, also on your social media, um, another thing that we see quite frequently is actually your, uh, your two dogs as well. You've obviously got some <laughs> serious love for them. Harley, can you, can you tell us about them? We love hearing about dogs on this podcast. <laughs>
2: yeah, okay. Yeah, I've got a, uh, a little blue staffy Minion. And she's seven and then Mo who turned up literally worked walked down our driveway one day. Um, and he is a six year old Irish wolfhound cross mastiff, we think. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, he was uh, he's a big, big fifty kilo lump of a dog and he's hilarious. <laughs> and um, yeah, they're they're sort of the ultimate odd odd couple and yeah, they're, they're inseparable. They're pretty classic. And you've
1: got surfboard design, designs named after both of them, which is really cool. I love that. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I know you probably don't have a favourite, but I'm a massive, staff, massive staffy lover after having owned yep. a few over the years. So I think you need to post a few more videos of Minion on social media.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like Minion's definitely, uh, I mean, having a Terrier and, a, um, you know, the Wolfhound, they're very different personalities, but they sort of balance each other out really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, Minion's definitely is a loyal the, the absolute loyal one. She just follows me like a shadow all day. And um it's just a complete sook like all sappies are. <laughs> yeah. But um yeah, no, she's she's epic. It's funny though, Mo's just got one of those faces you want to take a photo of. He's just got the best expressions and stuff. So I think that's why he probably ends up on the uh on the gram a little more than Minion. Yeah.
3: yeah fair enough. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs>
0: that's right. Um, and Harley I, I also see that you've been to a few uh, wave pools now um, including yeah. the, the Kelly Slater wave pool um, and I know I know, one of the guys at my work has actually just come back from one as well so, which, he, which he thought was awesome I just wanted to hear your thoughts on them I guess and, and sort of how they can be like what you think of them how they can best be utilised by the public and whether or not they've got a place in, in sort of competitive surfing
2: Yeah I, think, I mean I think for the public's point of view it's you know if I lived in Melbourne and you know, it was chasing my career or whatever, I'd be down at Urban Surf at any, I'd, I'd you know, I'd be the first one to sign up for a subscription or a whatever membership and be in there at every chance. It's um, it's it's yeah, you know, all of the pool technologies come so far and um, yeah, it's I mean, from a professional point of view, it's an incredible training tool. Like um, just to be able to you know really dial in your equipment and have a constant you know a wave that's exactly the same every time or within reason you know even even it's funny even the pools aren't totally exactly the same every wave that you think they would be but they i don't know I, you could tell minute differences in the waves which is pretty you know it is quite rare to have such a consistent medium to training because it's, it's just something you never get a chance to do in the ocean it's just yeah, yeah every way is always different, and you know you're always telling crowds or whatever. You know, it's yeah.
1: yeah, definitely. No, I think I've um, I might might get the chance to go up to Surf Lakes in Yipoon, so I'd love to give that a, a go one day and as you well. You've certainly um, spoken about, uh, about yeah, that, on the podcast. So we'll we'll see
2: see it looks good. If you if you get an invite, try and put in a word for us. I'll come with you. <laughs> definitely,
3: definitely.
1: <laughs> um, You're actually a bit of a film star now too. Not only in your own surf movies, but you've appeared in a few advertisements for Ford. And um, I also think as a surf double for a character in a, in a movie, a door maybe? How have you enjoyed that?
2: Uh, yeah, I just had a weird run where I got to do a few stunt double jobs. Um, how does and, that even yeah. come about? Yeah, how <laughs> does that happen? I, hey, hey, if I knew I'd be going after <laughs> more of them because they pay really well and they were really easy to do. <laughs> it was sort sure. of uh, – yeah, um, yeah, one of them, I think the the first one was the I think the movie was called the two mothers or the grandmothers or something. It was, a, um, yeah, it was a big Hollywood movie. I, did, well, I don't think it did exceptionally well, unfortunately, but,
3: uh, <laughs> I didn't, I
2: didn't, to be honest, I'll, I'll be hundred percent honest. I haven't even seen it, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but it was, you know, a really, really, good crew and a big cast. And, um, yeah, it was really cool experience to be part of that. And then straight after I just randomly got another one. It was, uh, it was an Indonesian soccer ad, and I stunt doubled for Steven Gerrard. Um, Shit. <laughs> I mean, I'd, yeah, it was a super random one, and it was all expenses and well-paid trip to Bali for three days oh, <laughs> kind yeah, right. of thing. Yeah, yeah, so that was a pretty random one.
0: And, and They um, didn't make you play soccer, obviously.
2: No, well, I mean, they did make me – I had to ride the wave and then kick off and then pretend to do like a scissor kick. As I like kicked off the wave, I had to like jump off uh, my board okay. and scissor kick. And they shot it all in silhouette, so couldn't tell it was me or anything. But I think I did get a sneaky peek of the ad. I didn't see the full finished product, but they <laughs> looked like they'd actually. I'd, did completely cook it. It cut together fairly well. Actually, yeah.
0: I
3: was
2: surprised. Okay. Actually, I think uh, to be honest, I'll give all the credit to the uh bit of, videography, bit of movie it. magic
0: there.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's oh, right. not a bad, not a bad place to be actually. The old, because even if you, uh, even if that Hollywood film sort of does flop at the box office, it's not often that like the papers are going <laughs> to pan the stunt double <laughs> as the reason, as the reason that it oh, didn't like, go any good. Hundred percent, hundred percent.
2: It was, uh, it was pretty cool. Like, I can't remember the name of the guy, uh, the the young actors that I was doubling for, but I was, I was pretty impressed by him. Like they weren't surfers and we were down, uh, they shot it down near Seal Rocks down south of Foster and um, the surf was pretty solid, like a good sort of double overhead pass and heavy beach break. And they got them out there. They were getting some shots in the lineup with these boys and uh, with the jet skis and stuff and, you know, it would have been pretty intimidating for him, and they seem to take it all in their stride. I think it, it might've been
0: a case of ignorance is bliss, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, um, they, they did pretty well. It was cool. All right. Oh, that's quality. Uh, Harley, yeah. that's, uh, that's probably all of the, uh, all of the questions that we'd really had lined up for you. I mean, we have taken about 50 minutes of your time. So, um, so unless you've uh, got any pressing things that you wanted to get out there or any other stories that you feel like we sort of need to know about. Um,
2: no, no, all good guys. I think, yeah, thanks again
0: for having us. And,
2: um, yeah, sorry, I don't. Uh, I was all. I've always been a been a fan of
0: cricket and stuff. I just no mate. just
2: haven't been watching a heap of it. Even, but I grew up. I grew up playing it at school heaps, and a lot of backyard cricket as all, all kids do, or kids should.
0: No, to be honest, but, you've um, actually you've actually helped us out a lot because when I was playing cricket yesterday, uh, an umpire came up to me and said, "Oh, I listened to your podcast the other day. Is it meant to be like a poor man's version of uh, the grade cricketer?" and we were like no, no. it's not
3: so, so, uh, so luckily
0: now the next person we have on is a surfer and nothing to do with cricket so that's it it's helped us out a huge bit I don't, I don't think I'd be
1: oh. um, watching too, too much cricket on TV if I was living at the beach either I'd be spending all my
0: time yeah. in the water so that's well, you actually don't watch any, TV on, uh, any cricket on TV already so yeah, you're
3: right <laughs> you're right
2: true. well def- definitely don't take it personally I don't even watch half of the surfing events if I'm
0: honest I'm just not a big TV watcher <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah that's fair you've definitely got to better things to do living in that location.
1: But uh, yep. if, yeah, that's about it. We'd uh, we'd like to thank you for having you on the podcast, and we'd we'd also like to hope that being on the podcast will be just as beneficial for you as it would be for us uh, when it gets to release to the world. However, I'm not sure just how true that is, seeing as you boast <laughs> over thirty five thousand Instagram followers, and we have around <laughs> nine hundred, I think. So yeah, well, <laughs> it
0: has. If you would take out a GoPro and start filming some cool stuff when you surf, then we might be a chance. <laughs> oh, <that as> well. <laughs> uh, good guys, and yeah, thank you, was Honored to uh, get the call up. Uh, that was awesome man thank you so much for your time appreciate it a great deal no worries welcome back guys and that was our interview with harley ingleby what a man that was exciting has yeah, I was
1: uh, shaking a bit there. I was nervous to be yeah, speaking no, to Harvey. You Harley actually were stuttering
0: a bit at the start. It was yeah, weird. No,
1: it, was, it was pretty cool to talk to him and he uh, he had some great answers for us. He uh, yeah, really long long answers and, and but detailed and definitely everything yeah. was worthwhile listening to. So that was awesome.
0: Yeah, well, he was amazing. I just found myself like intrigued with something because he really yeah. didn't require much prompting. He was just happy to... Answer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, I feel like you and I just just copped an absolute education. So that was. That yeah, was there's nice. still plenty of things I need to go and Google. Yeah. <laughs> we we planned we planned back way
1: end. too many questions. We've got so many yeah, questions we didn't get right. to ask, no, but we had we, we had to sort of we wrap it up. can there.
0: some of them, but that's all right. Um, that was quality, Has, So thank you so much for obviously organising that one. That was episode 29, guys. Uh, and we obviously really hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it. Uh, and if that is the case, obviously do feel free to jump on board with sort of Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen, uh, subscribe, give us a rating, uh, and then try and find us on our social media platforms as well and connect with us that way. But actually, Mitch has successfully made it so much easier for you now to contact us. All you have to do is go to where, Mitch? Uh, we got the chocolates.com.au, I believe. That is correct. Say it yeah. with confidence, skin, you yeah. made it. So Yeah, I spent ages making that. I don't think I ever bothered to check the URL, but um, no, yeah, that, that is there's, correct. There's, there's a website up there. So, yeah. I mean, and that's Jump really, on. that's got everything because you can obviously stay in contact. You can send us an inquiry. You can tell us who you want us to interview uh, or at least try to interview. <laughs> um, and uh, any ideas that you have for the show can all go through that one place as well, as well as all of our socials in terms of Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, and YouTube. So, it is a very, very high functioning website that you've created their skin well done oh, thanks, thanks Player of the day goes to you excellent anything else to add has no not too much i reckon that's that's about it fantastic guys uh we obviously really enjoy communicating with you let us know how you go throughout the week with your sporting endeavors as well any funny stories let us hear them please uh and that'll be us for this week we'll look forward to speaking to you again next week